Welcome, welcome, welcome to Vibe Check, where we check the vibe of the people in the theatre industry using our mutual love of music. I'm introducing the guy on my left, artistic director of New Theatre. Uh -huh. And Model Scouts, if you're trying to scout my man, don't, because he's got 15 cards in his drawer and he's not going to call you back. Then we're going to call you about Ben Koshi. Hello, thank you very much. The card thing is true. It's, it's uh, We've got our other co-host, Aruna Jala. You know, once upon a time, he thought he could have half a pint of straight rum, but disappeared <laughs> over the toilet for 40 minutes. So, that's Aruna for you. <laughs> Not a disrespect. Wow. All right, say so no sorry. more. That's that's it is what it is, isn't legit it? Sorry. It's okay. All right. Wow. Introducing uh, Kai Shaw, actor, uh, lamppost head, like I said before. Needs a trim. Yeah, he's the same one. I am, and it's bad, it's isn't it? Everybody needs I, a trim. I know this is bad, isn't it? That was that was poor. <laughs> Do you know what it is? You hooked me, Ben, and I wasn't expecting that. You got me. Put off guard. Put off guard. Don't worry, don't worry. Get wrapped on next one. <laughs> All right, of course. And we're joined by a very, very special guest. This man is the most recent JMK Award winner. Yeah, for his play, Little Baby Come Jesus. On. Come on. Some people might have been in, some people might not. Oh no, check the CVs. Was um, <laughs> <laughs> also director and star in Sweet Like Chocolate Boy. Has worked at the Roundhouse. Has also worked on plays such as The Brother's Size at the Young Vic. I am, of course, talking about Tristan Finn Edwenny, my guy. Hey. Woo, 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 woo. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing, Tristan? You good? I'm alive, innit? <laughs> <laughs> Big moods. Massive. I'm alive. That's, right? a, that's a huge, that's a huge thing mm. right now. So mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we are moving. <laughs> oh, yeah. So to start off, we send all our guests to well, we ask them to send us their most recently listened to song. Mm -hmm. And uh Tristan's submission was Murder Music by Mikel Amin. Uh I like it, you know. He's saying some stuff on the song. It reminded me a lot of um, there's a song called Trap or Lie by uh, what's his name, Melvilleus. Um, very similar style, very similar topic and delivery. But yeah, I'm about it. Like, I don't think it's in my going to be in my regular rotation. But what, what's this artist? Is this or who is this artist for you? What's this song for you, Tristan? Is it just something that popped up or? Um. So Mikel is. Um in like circles that I'm in, especially he's, he's a good friend of someone that I'm worked with called DK Fashola from Initiative mm -hmm. DKF. Um, and Mikel is pretty, I, I see him as pretty much self-made. He comes from a big family though. If you know Mikel, I mean, you might know Emil, I mean, mm -hmm. the actor. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I chose this song um, and I've just been listening to this song a lot is it reminds me of when I was outside. Outside. and i don't know if it happens to everybody else but there's certain songs that when you're outside and you're walking it changes your walk mm -hmm. exactly this about. song changes my walk a lot mm. and and um it's the bass it's 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 so authentically black british yeah i was gonna say mm. um and it's the samples it uses, it's the saxophone it uses. Mm. It's just, it's just the, the mixture of things that it kind of feels like me. 
it kind mm. of feels like me um, about who I am as an artist at the moment right now. Mm. It, it's just so heavy that when I start walking, like, I, I feel, am I crumping as I'm walking? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> 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 compressions, you know? <laughs> like, I'm doing awful. Ah. <laughs> and, and it's such a, it's also such a deep song that wants to talk about, like, what really happens Mm-hmm. to some people on ends it's only one story it's only ever one story but um but it is a story of truth and there's something about it that just reconnects me with being black being british mm-hmm. um and being from ends and also serving where i can with my art mm-hmm. mm. is that something you do quite a lot with your the work you make in theater in the sense of like pushing pushing the story outwards and bringing it back as well like bringing it back to the as Wiley would say bringing it back to the village Uh, I'd like to I'd like to hope I kind of do that um to be honest I don't know if I do I've during quarantine in particular I feel like I've had to let go of knowing whether I do or don't Mm. because I know it does Mm-hmm. The, yeah. I know it sounds like a very weird thing but I already know it does I already know that if I'm tapping into the thing in me that is true the the spirit in me that is true and connecting with I want to do something bigger something better and something that has a, has an innate sense on want to help I'm already doing I'm already feeding somebody in the village and at least feeding one person in the village will feed somebody else in the village and it will just go on and on and on and on, and on. so with my work, yes, I want to smash your imaginations. I want to smash your, you, I want, I, I want to smash it. I want you to feed it. I want to feed your imaginations. I want it to go into orbit, and then I, and I want to bring it back to the people. But I'm not gonna be concerned as to how many people it gets to because I know it will get to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's big. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Well, we have come to the song selection section as i like to call it this is the part of the show where we ask our guests to um choose one of nine questions and answer one of the set questions with a piece of music so yeah, the first piece of music i said three they said one <laughs> anyway anyway carry on well where we have the first song we have is sweet like chocolate by shanks and bigfoot mm-hmm. and this is the part of the show where we guess <laughs> so i feel like this is your theme song personally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the rest of you. I, I'm gonna say because I know you've got you've got a uh, your play is sweet like chocolate boy. So I'm gonna say this is a song that helped you creatively. Uh-huh. Ooh, <clears throat> I had theme song. No, yeah, bunny. Yeah. I trust theme song. I trust theme song because that's that was my first intro. So that theme was song. Yeah. This is the easiest one because it is my theme song in it. Like, I've got one of these out of all of the ones he's done. I'm female. Yeah, it's the easiest one. Like, because if you know me, you know that I said when I get married, that's what I'm walking down the aisle. When or, my, or whoever is marrying is walking down the aisle, that's just that's it. <laughs> uh, when I die, that's what you're playing at my funeral. When I have my children, every single one of them will hear that song. It it is, it just is. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It just is. Um, I guess that song 
always reminds me, and I can see why you would say that, Ben, because it also reminds me of thinking that the estates were castles back in the day. Um, yeah, and there's something about 1999, because that was 1999, 2000, I believe. But there's something about 1999 that I hold very dear to me. What, at one stage, I thought, obviously, the world was going to end. So I got really upset. Um, but also, I I feel like there were so many things that were really beautiful of that time, like PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> school was actually fun for a little bit. Wow. <laughs> um, culture music we're entering into a new millennium we're entering into a new time and also the song itself talk i don't i've never taken it as a just a romantic song Mm. um i've always taken it as a song that is about being loving yourself Mm. Mm. um and someone telling you to love yourself i don't know why even from when i very first heard it i was like this is more than romance to me i don't know why um, but as time has gone on, I've also felt like the song and why it turned into a play uh, reminds me of being consumed. Reminds me of, 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 of being a black person that's consumed in this world and your source or your saucy nurse, your, your everything is just like uh, every song is always trying to take a little bit of something, something. And um, we need to be wary of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we were speaking about that earlier weren't we um about sort of culture being a double-edged sword particularly for black artists in that like the more we push it the more we ourselves are celebrated but also the more likely it is to get co-opted taken shifted distorted into something that's different like what's been your personal experience of that as well as as time has gone on not just in the theater industry as well but like in the creative industry as a whole? Um, I won't... So the thing is, I'm from ENDS, but mm-hmm. I'm not... Nece- I, I didn't always necessarily connect with ENDS because everybody mm-hmm. told me that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I speak uh, well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm smart at school and I actually mm-hmm. want to finish school. So I, obviously I can't be from ENDS. Um, so my connection with that and the culture of ends and, and, and it being taken from me has always been a very weird thing because I've been conditioned early to not feel like it's mine, mm. that I have no, I have no, that I am not to have any connection with it because I do not outwardly um, exuberate how it has made me, but it has. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from a range of different people and it's not just from the white patriarchy mm-hmm. sometimes even mm-hmm. though i know the white patriarchy is is the is the shower that mm-hmm. go, that goes down um it's from many different people in, in my life really so and as i've and as i'm it's because of fear it's because of fear that i'm now that i'm now able to really like not prove but I'm trying to find a word. It's like I can I can fire theater. I can I can let you know that just because I don't necessarily sound like I'm from ends, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that 
hasn't made me and I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of it that I'm also beginning to see how many of these stories about people from ends or about my culture, especially as a British Ghanaian or, or, or all the different intersectional facets of me have been taken, have been commodernized. Um, was a nice word? I don't know. But like, it's just been, it's been chewed, man. It's been chewed. It's been chewed. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's been chewed. Like, it's been chewed and it's been spat out and it's been, uh, are children watching this? Because I was about to swear. Oh, you can swear. Like, you can like, okay. It's yeah. been wanked over. It yeah. has been like, it has been, it has been so washed from us. Yeah. So I can see it because of my involvement in theatre and not shot in a way because I felt like, oh, I'm not allowed to mm-hmm. be from ends because I don't speak like it. Mm-hmm. I think growing up in ends around sides is more than just being roadman. Like, I was never mm-hmm. roadman, but I grew, I went Paris South Norwood. I grew up in South Norwood. My road was in the same road in Tennyson Park. Like, yeah. people getting stabbed around there consistently. But I wasn't on road. Like, I was never mm-hmm. I was never dude. Mm-hmm. I was never that guy. But when it's part of your existence and it's around you all the time, of course, it, it's part of your growing up. It's the environmental part of your development as a mm. young person. And it does. It just makes you wiser to certain scenarios. Like, I think if you were to go and chop me into some higher class uh, dinner with a bunch of, like, yeah, like, super rich, super, like, whatever people, I can, I'd have my ideas about how I would act in that scenario, but it's not going to be the social decorum or what's expected of me in that scenario. But you, mm. it's the same as the reverse. Like you take those people down to ends and you, they like they don't understand the social cues or how things work. And mm. so even though I'm not in the extreme part of what being on ends is, you still have an understanding about what that environment is. And it's part of you as a person that can never be removed. Mm. There's so much more to it than just banging gun doing drill music. So true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yes. weird though, when I went into like drama school at Rose Bruford, that's when I started to actually realise I come from the hood. I never felt like that growing up mm-hmm. because, you know, your environment's your environment. We do hood rat shit, if you want to call it that. Like, you know what I mean? We just do what we do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a roadman, nowhere near that, but I know those people. But I didn't see that as anything because I was everyday living. It wasn't until I was just outside of that in Sidcup, like what, 30 <laughs> minutes away. That's when I started to <laughs> That's when I started to actually deep, like, oh, like this is actually who I am and this is how I talk. Because people it was weird, like on ends people say that I speak well. But then when I was in Sidcup, people said like started to say, Oh, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, what are you talking about? People told me I speak mm. like what, what like that weird identification and it comes to that realization is like oh this is actually where i've grown up like what they be watching on tv screens about top boy like i'm around those people yeah so and and just on on that can i just like get on that because i was having a talk with just before this i was having a talk with a friend about mle mm-hmm. um the mle accent mm-hmm. and um how that is now a uh is it a dialect on spotlight what, what, yeah, is yeah, what is it? What is it? I did my, <laughs> what the my, hell I did is my it? dissertation on this, so <laughs> I've, I've had to actually look into it, bro. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And and <laughs> I was talking about how, like, especially for like doing a show with Jesus and stuff like that, yeah. and, and and why we picked you, Kai, was because 
the directors that were there with me as well taught me that there was like three levels of like what they would call outside like youth culture or everything but when it's portrayed on stage it's like three levels mm. but but then let me explain let me explain okay. there's the actors that think that that um being street is 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 what it is to live on ends and portray ends in on stage or on, on film and stuff like that so they do the jack the lads they do they do this sort mm. of a um smirks and stuff and they've got a buoyancy but at the at the core of them there isn't a want to truly connect with the story and mm-hmm. and the characters or anything it's just to be able to portray to to convince you that i that i am part of that world mm-hmm. and that come is so clear mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so bait when it's like you don't know what the hell you're talking about but it's cool it's cool mm-hmm. it's cool like you and 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 those people um unfortunately didn't get further in the project um for little bit of jesus because arinze's play needs people mm. that are from ends and that's the second level there are people that are from ends no you may not be necessarily on road as such but mm. you're around people that do and you're and you're not afraid nor do you block the fact that some of the ends kind of made you mm-hmm. um not all of you no but it was a very strong part of you and in the portrayal of the characters that you want to do on stage that are from ends you always want to ho- pay homage to them mm-hmm. do you know what i mean in yeah. your mere in your mere embodying of that character it's like this is somebody that i know so i'm gonna pay, i'm gonna pay homage to my environment where i came from and you can tell that do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then you've got the people that are from road yeah yeah and she told me this is from nady woodley who's an amazing yeah, director she nady. told me that from road means no i live this life no, no, I actually live this life. That's it. There's no <laughs> like, like I'm I'm living in it right now. Like there's there's no there's no acting to me because this is life. This is just mm-hmm. it. That's just just mm-hmm. it. It it is so interesting how many agents and how many people suggested people um, to do this because it said on the cast and call to do an MLE accent, and we got so many people that was street level the surface level we can play street mm. very few that were like from ends mm. and little next to like maybe like one person that was from road mm. Mm. one maybe even two and the, and that and the other person actually was anyebe who was also yeah. in the play yeah that's true because he's from road he you know what road. i mean <laughs> and and the reason why i think about it in terms of like this is because i i wonder now that apparently like they're now teaching and my, me and my friend were talking about they're now teaching mle in schools and in, in the drama schools and stuff and i'm like how mm, yeah <laughs> yeah just how is this for us? Is it really beneficial? Now we've got people that can really portray, well, not portray, they can never really portray, but they can convince those white casting directors out there yeah. and those yuppies out there that, that they're from ends. Um, meanwhile, when they finish, mm-hmm. I wash my hands. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, you could say the same about learning any accent, though. Mm-hmm. Like, when you go to drama school, you're learning pages and pages of different accents. Like, you see people mm-hmm. come out, they've got, like, 12 different accents, this and that's what I like. You know, okay, cool. Um, if you've got someone that looks slightly ethnically ambiguous and they're playing Armenian, obviously you'd rather have 
more time, most likely you'd rather have an actual Armenian actor yeah. playing that. But it's the same for every accent. So like obviously you'd rather have someone that it can that is from ends doing an MLE accent, but you can't say that no, you can't learn the accent, do you know what I mean? Oh, you, I'm not saying that you can't yeah. not learn the accent, but I, I think what I'm trying to say is that it it shows it, mm. it when yeah. you're when you're when you you've mean. got people like casting directors from ends or or like because we we now have more casting directors from ends mm. academic academic people from ends it it will show like mm. you can't lie anymore and the the core what I'm trying to say is the core of being someone that's from ends is that you always want to pay true homage to what you've known and what you've seen and what has made you rather than just playing a part yeah 100%. and i think that always comes through um i guess you can say the same things for other accents um and other dialects um and that will come through too i guess that's yeah. what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and no you can't we can't always be lucky and get people from it sometimes you just got <laughs> to pick the from street do you know what i mean because mm-hmm. time is time but <laughs> in the ideal world it's a, it's a bit yeah. of a situation getting a proper roadman on set that might that might throw up some issues in rehearsals. You'd be but... surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Some of them are like really nice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. No, maybe had a little bit of a. But then when he gets nicked halfway through production, I mean, you've got an issue on your hands then. <laughs> okay, so we ask all our guests to send in artists to nine songs. Uh, nine songs. Let's we'll start that whole sentence again. Have we what no what who? Yeah, we just went on a massive tangent, but we said this. Like <laughs> we did sweet that chocolate, remember? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a professional, I'm not on job. Listen, the second listen. song that was that was a massive tangent though, but I said the second song is um uh, you sent it was Rain. Um mm-hmm. initially that song's by SWV, um, but his version you sent was the Sunday Service Choir, uh, Kanye West Sunday Service Choir. Um I'm gonna say that this is a song that reminds me of your last production. I'm going to say the same thing because I saw a little Twitter thread and that that swayed my jump. I remember. Anyway, yeah. A song that inspires you. Because it's a combination of two, yes, it does remind me of my last production. Yes, yeah. yes, you can have that one. But it's also my song for the shower. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah. No. Listen, when I should have got both. I got both. It's <laughs> coming down. Listen, but I chose Sunday Service Choir version because I was like, oh, it's all the little water droplets singing at the same time. Yeah. I'm just mm. like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, and it's spiritual, man. I'm a spiritual person, and that particular version of it. I'm just like, nah, my, my spirit raises. Mm. My spirit's raising in the bar. This I do nice. really love what Sunday Service Choir have done with all the covers of the song. Um, mm-hmm. Part of me feel, feels conflicted in a certain way. I think it's just because the association of Kanye West, but it shouldn't do that because I still like Kanye West's music. I don't know, there's something that doesn't sit right with me in it, but like mm-hmm. all of the songs on that specific album, uh, like it's, for me, that's peak gospel music. Like that is the stuff that I love like the up-tempo multiple parts like you can hear all the individual people in the choir are it just slaps exactly it slaps it's a proper choir it's Mm -hmm. not just everybody's singing at the same time and then finish it's like (laughs) do you know what i mean there's levels you can hear the sopranos you can hear the altar you can hear all of them things and it's as you said it's up-tempo it's it's also modern Mm -hmm. it's 
feels modern. It's like of a gospel choir of now mm-hmm. um, that responding mm-hmm. to all the music of now and mm. using it to praise God. Like I just think it's I just think it's incredible. When you who would have thought? Yeah, we're gonna bang some samples into this gospel tune. That's wild. What? That's, that's <laughs> how you know Kanye. Yeah, that, yeah. Man, that man loves sampling, <laughs> which yeah. is why like he he adores sampling because that's how I knew it was one hundred percent his choir. But you're right though. Like I know those of you that saw Little Baby Jesus, you will you will know why it reminds Tristan of, of the shower <laughs> because it was used in the shower scene. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even draw that connection. Oh, yeah. I didn't even draw that. Yeah, man. What a fun ride that was. Is that how that link was born then? So you were just banging it in the shower and you thought, yeah, we'll just chuck it in the scene. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the day that you said it. <laughs> so I was laughing. Yeah, man. Listen, that's the, the original by SWV. That's the, listen, when do you hear vocals like that no more? You don't. You don't. I, I've asked my own question. You don't hear vocals like that no more. Like, mm. like what happened to groups of people singing? I was just going to say that. Like, the death of the girl group is a very interesting thing, you know? Yeah. I can't think of no girl group right now that's out. Well, no. No. What happened? I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> I think because music, we were, uh, we were speaking about this earlier, music has become something that is not just about the music anymore, it's about identity, and it's hard to project identity in a group. Like, the only people that are doing that at the moment are K-pop, because that's a very isolated genre in itself, and are that they... relies on the group. Um, yeah mechanism whereas like if you looked at the uk group stuff the only ones i can think of recently would be people like um what's it fifth harmony and what's the other one these these people that come out of x factor and them ones oh, those are only girl groups and then yeah, yeah that's it and then they end up splitting up and that's normally because of a and they'll go and do on their own solo thing and normally their solo thing is better than the thing they were doing in the group because they can project their personality on top of it i don't believe yeah. the personality should have a thing to do with the music i think it should all be about the music but because of how the industry works nowadays in the sense that you have streaming and you have to have an online presence you need to be active yeah. on twitter and instagram doing this stuff they are starting to become more hand in hand in hand mm. it's funny though because arguably like someone like or a group like destiny's child had personality and identity individually and were able to function as a group or like TLC, and I just mm-hmm. feel like, what, what was this? What was the formula? Mm-hmm. Do we need to recreate it? I don't even know. I just don't think like, it works to, in today's music consumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's down to that. I think it's the consumption of it, innit? Because I think people like mm-hmm. the idea of being immersed in a world. Well, I, I, I just say it, we're intrusive as people, as consumers now. Like, we are inner. So I think with Destiny's Child, they didn't have the internet like we have it now. So mm. when it comes to consuming the music, you'll get that CD and then it, that's that. Do you know what I mean? And you catch them on like Kiss or MTV and then that's what that's what that is. Now mm. it's streaming, it's everything else. It's like, what are you saying on Twitter? When can I cancel you? Uh, when can we accept you? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what... That's what I can't talk about, you know? Arena's got a vendetta against people. I love that. You said, can I cancel you, please? Another name for the list. I'm finished. But that's it. That's what we live in now. So I feel like, yeah, it takes away from a lot. That's why I even question K-pop. Because K-pop, like, that archetypes of characters like 
I was watching, it's on Netflix, Explained, didn't it? They were talking about the setup of K-pop. So basically, like, they loved hip-hop and then they moved out into that. And, like, because of the way their politics ran, everyone was homogenous in terms of artistic styles. Like, they couldn't speak about too much. So mm -hmm. what they did, they started... Uh, there was this group, yeah, they, they came up and then they did it. Like, I forgot their names, but they were the first K-pop group. Then what's developed now is that they've used archetypes, the good-looking guy or the mm -hmm. kind of, like, you know, in the back person, kind of cool and mysterious, I want to know him or... You know what I mean? You've got all of these different yeah. characters and now they have schools where they they say you have to fit this, you have to fit this, you have to fit that, you have to fit this. So I would even say it's as authentic as Destiny Child where you was actually getting like a bit of who they were. Uh, yeah, even with being controlled and, you know, there's, there's, yes. there's still that element to it. But K-pop is mad because all of them are the same. Mm. If the scene over there is just crazy because their global one is glowing so quickly. But like yeah. you're saying, it's 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 being, it's not. It's almost bordering on not so much an artistic endeavor anymore. Kind of just like a, a people factory, like mm. like you send people to school, you send people to K-pop camp, and they learn how to be like. It's a desire. It's a hugely desired career over there, and they do just want to work to that exact formula that seems to be working now. So I think in a few years it will peak out because there's no innovation. Um, mm. But then again, South Korea is popping just in every aspect yeah. of what they're doing economically, just on yeah, that, socially. Yeah. Let me ask you, can you, because I feel really old now. What is it that on every Twitter like thread, somebody puts a K-pop video on? What is that? Uh, What's that's, going the, on? that's the K-pop fandom, bro. This <laughs> is what I'm can't... saying. These lot are militant. I think, I think they're militant. We were talking about this literally like yesterday or the day I don't before. understand or it. No, I was not. I was, on the phone to, I was on the phone to someone talking about this last night. I don't get it either, personally. And they're doing this thing as well, yeah, where like they're doing like blah 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 is over party, and like the hashtag is just K-pop videos, and it's yeah. not about the person. Look at it. It gets the views up. We could be so talking. You'll, that, you'll see like random things trending that will get people clicking. So it might be like Beyonce is over, or, or Miley Cyrus is cancelled, and it, that was a so you click on that, and it's just a bunch of K-pop fans banging the new K-pop video. And to me, I think it's awful because sometimes I've seen people. I've seen them on like bad, like real world scenarios. That would be like a school shooting. <laughs> and then they'll be dropping K pop <laughs> yeah. videos underneath it. And like, that's not on. That's not on. I was like, I'm watching a fire burning. I'm watching a building burning. And someone pops, ding, 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 ding. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm so confused. Like, I'm, 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 I'm like, genuinely, genuinely, it makes making me think, what? Anyway, that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, like, yeah. what is this social yeah. media thing in connection to standing? Like, what is this standing culture? What is this music culture? And how does that, like, I'm I'm genuinely, as much as I make a joke about it, I'm genuinely very worried. Mm. Like, genuinely very worried I about it. I want to hear the joke. I want to hear the yeah. joke. But I'm not going to push you to do the joke. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the third and final song for this section is Slow Jams by Twister and Kanye West. I, this, this is the one that really got me, because I don't know what this is. Um... <laughs> A part of me would really like to say that it's the song that you could do for your life, but I don't. I don't know if that's it. That's I, what I'm saying as well. I want to see it happen. You know, in fact, you know what? I'm going to say that because I really want to see it happen. I'm saying because it's the Twister thing. You know, when someone can do the <laughs> Twister verse, they're like, yeah, yeah, I can do the Twister verse. They want to show that off because so that's no what one I'm can saying. do the Twister verse. <laughs> 
Going to Rune, what's yours? What are you saying? No, no, I'm going to say that right now. That's what I'm listening. I'm just always, yeah, I'm just... <laughs> All right, come on, Tristan. So, um, well, I think one of your questions was the song that kind of started off my creative career. Okay. Oh, ah, okay. I really wanted to hear okay. you spit that twist the best. No, I am not even <laughs> to do that. <laughs> you better forget it. You better forget it. <laughs> We're going to attempt to do that. Do you know what it was? I was in a musical, um, like my first ever like proper theatre thing ever um, at like 40 or something like that at the Oval House. Um, which is now Brixton House hey. and they were doing like a summer school where we had to do a like theatrical version of uh, The Labyrinth by Jim Henson mm. and I played the, uh, the character Jareth who was like the Goblin King and during that summer school I don't even know what it was but I caught the bug but the bug was not just acting the bug was I wonder if we could redesign the costumes I think what if she wore like Batty Riders instead of address like what would that mean like what if we changed music to like r&b and then we sung the song but on top of this particular song and at the time i was just consistently listening to slow jams like there was an instrumental version of slow jams that was like fully like sax and stuff and i was just like oh my gosh let me start writing lyrics to it and and i was showing it off and that's when like the people around me especially um the director at the time which was nikolai labari who's now at the lyric hammersmith that's when the people around me could see, like, okay, Tristan's not just an actor at all. And I could see, like, I don't think I just want to act. But I didn't really come to terms with that properly until, what, like, 2015, 2016. Mm. But, yeah, so so that's why I chose that song. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's I was going to ask you, actually, um, I mean, we've spoken about this before um, between us, but, like, how important was local theatre, particularly the Oval House, to your development into the creative that you are today? It was pivotal. Mm. Like, hands down, it was absolutely pivotal. I don't know. I probably would be here. Um, I, I don't really always think about what if, what if. But um, I can say it was pivotal because first and foremost, it took me out of my shell. I was, believe it or not, I was incredibly, incredibly quiet um, when I was in primary school and like early secondary school. And then I did that drama project and that was it. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't stop talking. I also couldn't stop like beating people up and like putting them in headlocks and stuff. Like, I don't know where that <laughs> came from, but it was just like, I think I'd been holding it down for so long that I was just like, Ugh! like, I just, I just... <laughs> it was just wild um but first and foremost and um it's interesting you asked me that question because um like a few years back i also started to do um facilitating myself Mm. and i grew up in the oval house that it was like it's about being a professional artist and and learning to produce your own work, create own work, get your voice heard, stuff like that, which I hold so damn dearly. Um, mm. That's mainly who I am. A lot of the skills are transferred. But I also forgot that before I could even get to that stage, I needed this stage of coming out of my shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oval House allowed me to do that. Local drama groups allow people to do that and um, drama in general the whole function the the, the subject the, the 
exposing yourself to drama allows you to do that um, mm. in 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 a way and I I I treasure that mm. and I think I'm worried about where we're going especially in drama in schools I'm worried about yeah if it's going to stay mm-hmm. um I don't know I don't think it's going to stay I want myself. I don't think it's going to stay it's still mm-hmm. seen as a sub- subject I'm worried about the way our our parents and stuff see it even though i do believe it's changing a little bit because we're seeing more and more of us yeah on screens behind <laughs> screens on stage behind stage on, and many different other facets of the creative industry but um i, I just wish the change was a bit more mm-hmm. um i'm worried about I'm, I'm i'm worried about i feel like there's been a decline of youth theater yeah, mm. if that's a weird thing to say, I I feel like there's a decline. I mean, we I know we've got the, the stuff like Royal Court, and we've got stuff from the Bush um theatre, and um, we've got Theatre Royal Stratford East and all these places. Mm. But I feel like there's a decline of youth theatre that wants a really deep, impactful change um outside of these places. It's going to mm. be really um, interesting over the next ten to fifteen years because of the new Arts Council strategy mm. and how um important participation is in that strategy um mm. so essentially to have national portfolio funding you have to be engaging do some sort of participatory work whether that's with your community or with other people mm. or something you have to do it and i think that's going to go one of two ways depending on what the theater is it's going to go in one way in the yes. sense that cool here's this big project and we don't really care we're just doing it because we have to and then that's that that's cool that's done whatever and then you're going to see people actually it's going to bolster stuff they're doing already but allow them to do more of it as well and more mm. high quality work and that's great it's the other side of it where they're just doing it because it's a check mm. check marks um that's where it gets concerning because you're also that will be a lot of people's first experience of doing theater and if yes. it's not high quality and they don't have a good time that's turning them off like my mm. first introduction to proper proper theater is when i went to brit school that's year 10 if i didn't mm. do that i would be an architect at the moment or training to be an architect that's what i was doing beforehand and i'll be a very different person and if you don't grab people in that time, make it good and enjoyable and have fun while still learning and getting that sense of professionalism, that's essentially someone who could have been, and I'm not calling myself an amazing artist, but there's so much talent there that is could potentially just be lost because it's not been exposed to in the correct way. Mm, mm. I, I 100% agree. And, and unfortunately, I think what this quarantine time has shown is maybe more so in terms of the the arguments on diversity and that 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 d word that i just think means shit but um the fact that when push comes to shove we're not in the forefront of their minds because we also got to remember that a lot of these kids especially in well especially in the inner city areas anyway i think a lot of these 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 kids that come into them are kids that are not white um and we are not in the forefront of their minds in that way. And we're not in the forefront of a lot of these places' minds. I mean, I remember back in the day as well, after that, did we start to have like an influx of like, like your own little youth theatre. So you had real drama, you had faith drama, you had, um, mm. I'm trying to think about this. There were so many others. Then you had young and talented and then that started coming up. And so, and then now that sort of kind of died down again. I mean, people are still making their own theatre companies, but, uh, I'm wondering about the the want, the the true intrinsic want to connect with the community and then do something that is artistically um, 
exciting, expressing um, with that community, not for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think a lot of people want to do that. Oh, no, definitely not. Like, mm-hmm. I think with new theatre, there's a lot of companies that kind of consider themselves as peers. But you see so many theatre companies that start off and it's just because you've got a couple of people that want to do an artistic endeavour and they're like, fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. But then once they actually go and get something large and that theatre company's died, dead, you never see it again. Like, mm. over the past few years, I've set up new theatre to be larger than me. Like, obviously, when it started off, a mill called the Weisenberg, that was 120. It was a way for the six of us to be like, yeah, cool, we're just going to keep making work. But now it's so much more than that. We make work with, for, and by young people mm-hmm. to give them that career jumpstart. Like, that is what mm-hmm. we're here for, and that is what we'll always serve. And mm-hmm. that is more important than just, like, checking the audience engagement box on your Arts Council application. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Maybe. An angel passes. Yeah, no, got one more song. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last song that was picked by us, the presenters, to give on to our guests to kind of hear their thoughts on it. Um, and the song this time was Oh My Decide by Travis Scott featuring Quavo. Um, I picked the song this time. Mm-hmm. And for me, the reason I picked this song is that I think that auto-tune and mumble rap and that aspect of where hip-hop has gone lately gets a lot of shtick. And for mm-hmm. most of it, I agree. Mm -hmm. But there are some people that use it in a way that, for me, does kind of begin to stretch that artistry. And I think that Travis Scott's one of those people because for me, in this song, like, there is so much ambience, ambience, and so much space and atmosphere in both halves of the track that, like, my brain's like, I don't know. It, if it feels like my brain's expanding as I'm listening to the song, and like I think that that's why I love mm-hmm. this song in particular of this album so much is because within that space there's so much depth to it, and you can kind of see different things and images and stuff. And like, cause it's so grimy and and gritty as well, like the kind of deep like dark synths and stuff that like I feel like at one point I'm in an alleyway, then I feel like I'm in like a a really raunchy like I don't know like college house party or something and then there's someone doing a madness there in the kitchen and you've like stumbled in half drunk and you've fallen over and next thing you know like the second half of the song kicks in and it's like 6am and you've woken up and you're like where am I there's cups everywhere on the floor you've woken up to your left is a pile of sick to your left is some random person you don't know you're like all right well what's going on do you know what I mean I don't know I think that the, the imagery of it and the spacing of it just makes me feel like there, there is hope. Do you know what I mean? There is hope in in a lot of the mumbly nonsense that we have up today. See, see for me, I, I don't get any of that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> I oh. thought it was a bit dead. Travis Scott's ver- first verse on it is probably the best thing. I'd, the whole production of it, I, I was not a fan. Maybe I need to go back and listen because, like, what you said about the dark synths and the dark synths and the imagery, um, I didn't pick up on that, but. Mm-hmm. like Travis Scott's got some couple good songs for me like he's got Sicko Mode and he's got Highest in the Room which are like I think those are u- more universal things but yeah. this song is no- not something I will listen to again in my own time I can see myself getting lit to it in a club like if it comes on in the club and the energy takes you in that direction then yeah cool but I'm not running to that dance floor to mm-hmm. like knowing <laughs> this is a vibe so like running to the dance floor <laughs> listen you know you, no 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 come on you know when the, your song comes on in the yeah, club and you're beelining because you just you, this is your this is the one 
This is not. This will never be that song. I don't see it being anyone's song like that. I'm laughing because that's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, what I'm that's me. I run to the dance floor. So. You got to do it. I respect it. There's there are a lot of songs that I've heard that I've seen you do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just me. Um, the song. Mm. I'm never gonna like mumble rap. I'm never, I'm never, I'm that. just never going to be able to write mm. like it because mm. I need lyrics. I need mm. to hear what you're saying. I think mm. it's because I'm in theatre now. So it's like, I, if I can't hear you, what, why, why However, I do feel that there's something about the production that listened to what you said about it. Like at first I listened to it on my computer and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then I put my headphones in. Mm-hmm. And it's when I put my headphones in, I was like, oh, oh, this is, where am I? Mm-hmm. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is, this, is this earth? I'm floating. Like, literally, mm. it was, and, and, and I feel like this is a, an interesting generation of production. Yes. Mm. Story told via production yeah. rather than lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, which also links into why I think um, like there's this big thing on Twitter. I'm sure you guys have seen about who should be playing like uh, the muses um, for the new Hercules movie. Mm-hmm. I tweeted out Scarlett Johansson. That's, that's my contribution. Yeah, yeah. I, did <laughs> it. I, I was like, well done, well done. Because you know the truth. You can pop up. No, you know the truth. You know the truth. Uh, someone says it's gonna be Anne Halfway or stuff like that. I was like, I'll actually slit my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I think the the reason why people are saying like Lizzo and stuff like that is because those are the people of their generation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people from our generation mm-hmm. or at least millennials that loved R&B music back in the day mm-hmm. and stuff like that feel like there's a real lack of vocalists out there mm-hmm. that, like a, mm-hmm. that, that use either vocalists or lyricists or whatever. They use their their, their voice is, the, is an instrument. Mm-hmm. It is not just... Um, a, a section it is an instrument mm-hmm. it, it, it it is as much the song as the or even more so the song mm-hmm. as the more than a production value whereas with this generation now and especially with this song it kind of felt like there is a story told by a production mm-hmm. value so the words no longer really mean as much um and it, it just made me think of okay this is this is really is the generation now mm-hmm. this is what this is the trap and generation now it's about production mm-hmm. it's about and, and, I, and i do also feel like it might also because be because back in the day we didn't respect production. We didn't respect people that mm-hmm. made the song and the background stuff. It just always seen as background to mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. thing, the voice. Mm-hmm. So um, it's so true what you're saying about sorry um, vocalists. Like well, as soon as you said vocalists, oh, they're black. That that's not a thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think who are who are current vocalists I can think of. And the first person that popped into mind was Adele. Like she's yes. someone that's inauthentically yeah, she's like her voice. Like that's yeah, everything. Yeah. You don't need anything else on top of that. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of anyone who would be who is like the ethnic version of Adele essentially. Like I can't pick people in my head that are like obviously this is the one. But obviously it's hard to compare that because you've got I'm a nice success or whatever. But Jerome yeah. Thomas, he's from London, not famous. Go listen to Mood Swings. Um Yasmin Lacey incredibly like incredible vocalist as well like there are there are people out there that are just not known we just i don't know because everyone's attention is like you're saying is on mumble and mm-hmm. all of this 
But then I don't know how new like mumble really is because when I think about scatting and then I mm. think about young thug, I'm like, is that just an evolution of that? Is that where we're at? Like, because yeah. in their day and age, yeah, that just, how many people would have just said, yeah, that's just sounds. You're just making sounds yeah. over that. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But it, we look back at it now and we're like, no, that resonates. That's different. That's something James Brown will be doing. And we're like, yeah, that's one of the greatest artists alive. Is it the same thing with Young Thug, where he's just taking that further, where he's like, I don't need to be speaking words for you to resonate with what I'm saying. So is uh these artists now just challenging our perception of what we think music is in terms of the importance of words and how we resonate with songs. I think Travis Scott does that. I think Kid Cudi with his humming, yeah, that's a, that's really trance-like, like very trance-like. You can probably draw that frequency to a different a different tribe in uh in an indi- indigenous tribe somewhere that has been using those things like um. You know, like how we even warm up um, within theatre and those sounds. When we do that, we feel very good. There's a reason for that and they have that. So, I don't know. I think maybe it's an evolution of scatting. I think it's just, yeah, different. It's happening into something that's old, but in a new way in this time. So it feels new and it feels new to us because we wasn't around when scatting was happening, really and truly. Yeah. Arguably, though, I'd say scatting had more of a versatility of sound, mm. um, and 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 the way we do, we 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 change scale. You go from the highs to the lows to the like all of that. Whereas with mumble, it feels like a note that is drowsy. It creates an atmosphere of oh, I'm so lit. Do you know what I mean? But that's mm. for me all it creates. Mm. Mm. That's all it wants mm. to create, and that, and that worries me. Um, but then, so, but then I drown out and listen to the production value. I'm like, okay, I like this. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I think, I think Drake's worst behaviors. I, I actually really love the the backing track. I don't even care about the words anymore. Like, I listen to the backing <laughs> track, and I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I find it so amazing, but mm. I think it's just because it's it's just so violent. It is so violent. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, can I just quickly say, I think, does, do you know Ella Aya? Yeah. 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 I think Ella Aya is a fan, well, if we talk about vocalists, and just in terms of tone and her tone mm. of her voice, I think she's, she's got yeah. a beautiful tone of voice. And But she's someone that, I hope she doesn't hate me for this, but like she's someone that I feel like is almost off in the wrong time. Because her the, the, the power of her voice and the vo- and the, the vocal versatility of her voice is being plonked on top of beats yeah. that kind of want to match it or um well they never really do match it and <laughs> and there's almost like a it's too much mm-hmm. um I don't know she just popped into my head as you were talking and I was as you were like, just saying that I've just thought Georgia Smith is probably the closest thing to. Adele like that like she is someone that can stand alone on her vocals and mm. but I think her production value is something that is balanced and she's chosen when to balance it well I would argue that Georgia Smith is basically the next Literally. um what's her name 
drug, uh, what's her name? Be- Amy Winehouse. Huh? Oh no, please, I don't want that. Can you can you remove that from her life? I think she's better. I think she's better than Amy Winehouse. That's my opinion. Fight me, fight me, Aruna, hold me back, call me back. Nah, it's. No, I'm talking about the lifestyle. I'm like, remove that from George's life. We don't want yeah. you. Oh, oh, she's not that. That's, that's why I said she's better. Here. You still be here? Okay. No rehabs. <laughs> Georgia can't be. Yeah, no rehabs. I just think that, <laughs> and I'm, and, I'm, and a couple of men are gonna hate me for this, but I just think that I've heard 17 people that sing like Georgia Smith. I her her, her tone. Nah, nah. Her tone Kai, we can get you out the venue, mate. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily, not necessarily think the beat is over, but I've heard a good fifteen people that sound just like her. No cap, but that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Not to say that she's I bad. I think she can sing. I've just heard fifteen people that sing exactly the same as you. Lock it off. Lock it off. <laughs> but that happens every generation. Like there will be one person that just has that sound, and then everybody's supposed to sound like her. Of course, um, but then for me to be like, but, but even then, I'm like, is she the best one of the people that sound like her? I don't know. Yes. Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think Georgia Smith can sing. I can't even. She can sing. The she can sing. can sing. I just think that um, when when you have multiple people that sound like you, in a, in a, in a sound that is at this point now kind of beginning to border on generic, I don't know if you are still the best one. Man. I can't handle heart say she's the best one. I will handle heart say she can sing though. Do you know what? Do you know what? She just needs to drop another album. She needs to drop another project. She needs to spend some time. I just don't think she's got a large canon of work where we can see her growth. Like, fam, she's young. Like, she's mm. literally just still like finding a way. Like, and her music and consolidating that. Mm. I, I don't. I'm. I feel you though, Kai, because I agree with you now. But I feel like there's not enough time. I think there's just not enough yeah. work. I think in another project we'll see what the development is. Yeah. But as of right now, I know a lot of people that sound like her, and I I knew people that sounded like her before she was big. I think is my main issue with her. I get that though. I can understand that. Okay. Yeah. I, no, I, I get uh, that. I get that. I get that. But hey. That lot, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Tristan, for coming on the show. People. Really, really appreciate it. You're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah speak it. I know it's the end of the show, but it's the same. What? What? You, you can't out. What do you say? It's the same. Now it's say it with the accent and say it properly, yeah? <laughs> Wait, it's the same. Wait, no, 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 no. Boko, Boko, David. Okay, no, but you're disappointed at the same time, but love, 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 love. Ben, was that good? Was that good for you? I'm happy, I'm happy. We'll see you next time. I can't change my energy, can't fake it. When I'm with you, I feel I can fly. Yeah, fly. Yeah, fly, yeah, fly, yeah. And if this goes and we fall into a stasis, not rugby, you won't yeah. tackle my yeah. pride. Fat pride, white pride, white pride. Yeah.